Somebody's, somebody's Gotta Know, a podcast where we have questions and somebody's gotta have answers. That was so good. Might be our best one yet. I, I feel very confident. Maybe because we didn't do it for a week and so now like our body's just ready to go. Yeah, so excited. We got Aaron back, guys. Oh yeah, I'm back. Right, I was I was not here. I was absent. But you had Abby. Yes. Who was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I was like, definitely starts with an A. <laughs> yeah, I think Abby did a pretty good job. Yeah. Our first ever official guest host, so that was cool. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, we'll. I mean, both of us will always be. Close by, but it'd be fun to have different voices come in at yeah. different points. Um, so I was telling Aaron earlier that we have two large dogs at our house already, and my fiance decided to agree to babysit another sort of large dog and just like showed up and didn't tell me that it was coming. And we have a very small house, and they were all just following me around. And so, you know, we talked about on in Kanto a few weeks ago yeah. and we watched it so I was walking around the house going so many dogs in our house let's turn the sound up you know why I think it's time for a puppy roundup and then Peyton would go puppy roundup oh my god what <laughs> it was just going for That's it so turns cute. out I know all the words to that song and then she made me sing the real version oh my god look at you guys it's keeping me sane it's well, too much that's adorable I love it to me, it makes a story that Peyton joined in. Yeah. And, like, knew what was going on. And, and then was I like, was going, like, this is Cousin Sprocket. He can hear whatever it is. Here's a pin drop. Raven shape shifts. Finley gets his gift today. And she goes, is that really what it says? And I was like, yeah. And I sang it with, like, the characters' names. And she went, and then what? And it made me sing the entire song. <laughs> and then as I was leaving, she was like, can we put it on? Can we listen to the whole soundtrack? And Jason, Aww. I could see the pain in his eyes, and he was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Peyton, you tell him. You get to listen to Encanto if you want to. That well, that's cute. adorable. I love that. It's a funny story, and it ties into a previous episode, dogs. It has all the things. We're definitely never getting a third dog. There's no, no room in our house. I wouldn't. Um... I mean, of course, you know, at the end of the day, I'd support you no matter what you decide to do with your home, but... Sometimes I think that the second dog was maybe a, a mistake in terms of space, but she's here now! But she, I, I do love her, though. Oh, yeah, she's good. Um, yeah. Also, I think that you saw this on Twitter, but you know how I've been saying, hey, I can't focus because I have ADHD. Oh, yes! Turns out I don't, guys. I talked to my therapist... And I was like, this is a thing that I think I have, and I've never been diagnosed, and I keep telling people I have it, so could we please diagnose me? And she was like, all right, let's go through the DSM together. And I felt like I was passing. I felt like I was doing a really good job. And she shut it, she put it down, and she said, so you don't have ADHD. And I went, okay. And she went, you know what you have? And I said, sure. And she went, really, really bad anxiety. Well. She said, which can present symptomatically as ADHD, but that's not what you've got. And I went, okay. Well, you know, it's good to ask, good to get answers, good to talk about it with a professional. So that is good. The answer was no. I think it's hilarious, though, that you phrased it as I think I was doing a really good job. I, well, because, so. Doesn't that mean. That I have it. Yeah. No. I, I feel like if I you, was If passing. someone's asking you questions and they say, and you f- say, I feel like I'm doing I was saying yes job. to them all. I was like, I'm passing this test. I have ADHD. I'm right. Oh, this is a, okay. Yep. 
Um, that's fine. Continue. Well, because the way that the DSM works is, um, it'll be like, all right, more often than not during a week, do you feel so restless that you can't stop moving or so calm that people comment on how little you're moving? Do you, three, three out of five days a week, that's not how many days are in a week. Five out of seven days a week. No, but if... Do you worry about the future and impending doom? Like, that's how it phrases stuff. So I'd be like, yes, yes, no, kind of, yes, no. And you have to answer yes to a certain amount and a certain duration of time. And that's how you get your diagnosis. Uh. And I didn't say yes to enough. So I just... <laughs> probably a panic disorder. I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's the, the interesting thing about it to me is that you worry about such large, like catastrophic things, but then like you'll climb onto a piece of furniture without a second thought. Someone said to me t- this week, you know, life is long. <laughs> I think that's my new motto. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. It was one of the other counselors at work. Wow. We also then discussed Whoa. that she should probably go to therapy, and she now has an appointment, so... Oh, this is someone who's not in therapy, who just said that out loud to her coworkers, Who is a counselor. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really good. Well, I'm glad she shared that with you, and you guys all had that talk. You know, life is long. It's like, actually, why do you think that? <laughs> like... <laughs> Drive fast, take chances, guys. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, just... <laughs> To backtrack a little to explain me climbing on things is anything in my life can be and will be a ladder. Um, I've been known to climb on top of precarious rickety dressers, um, rolly Bed chairs. frames, rolly chairs. Like the oldest ladder you've ever seen that's 30 feet tall. Non-rolly chairs, stools, and other it, people. <laughs> it used to happen that I'd be like trying to hang something on the wall in our dorm room in college and I'd be like, I'm alone, I've got time, no one can yell at me. And I'd be straddling between, like, my desk and my bed and my dresser, and I'd have three points of contact, but I'd also be doing a split and, like, on my tippy toes. And as I got into this position to hit the part of the wall that I needed to, Erin would walk in the room. <laughs> and she would rush up behind me with her hands above her head, trying to catch me. Ugh. Never fell. Just would like to point that out. Um, I think I get some credit in the not falling part, but that's okay. Um. <laughs> How was your week? Oh, wow. Just gonna... Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, They didn't hear from you last week, so... They didn't hear from... You're right. Oh, it's been... Okay. Um, let's see. What's going Dude. on? Dude. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Can we, like, put something soft? Yeah. Everyone, I have a cup problem. I'm a cup slammer. I slam my cup. And we came in and... She, that's perfect. If that's secure enough. That didn't make any noise. Yeah. We came in and she went, I'm not gonna put my cup on the desk. And I think you've done it twice now. <laughs> The, the beer one was the worst. The the clanking. I was real bad. Um, it's okay. People still listen. I have thought about doing an episode where we just talk about everything not to do when you start a podcast. I thought that might be fun. <laughs> well, I feel like we would have to do, like, you and I would have to get together for a day and just listen to all of our episodes in a row and take oh, notes. Oh, yeah. That would be really fun because I promise I don't remember, like, the first... What number? This would be number nine. nine. So I think anything before episode seven, I've got nothing. Oh, God. It would All be right. a whole new listening fun. experience. That'd be fun. Um, how was my week? For real? The, our first assignment is um, 
I don't know what to do with this. There we go. I was trying to not also clink my cup. Um, Look how well this is working. I love it. Every time now. Uh, our first assignment is that Wait, we pause. Have... For my Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy folks, never travel without your towel. 5% of you are going to get that reference. It's fine. But for those of you who do, it's really fun. All right, continue. I, I'm not one of the 5%. <laughs> I know you're not. You're is... so excited, though, and that makes me excited. Don't forget your towel. It's like Hitch... so Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I know the book. My mom loves that book. Yes. So the joke is, like, normally in sci-fi thrillers, it's normally something like, don't forget your laser gun or your alien partner. But yeah. in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's don't forget your towel. Very cute. Um. Okay. I like it. Um... What was I saying? Oh, for our first assignment, which is due tomorrow, I have to record myself as if I'm introducing myself to a client, and then we all post that to our discussion board instead of, like, typing a discussion, and then we get to comment on each other's and give tips and give compliments. So, so that's like, like a writing workshop, except more awkward, because everyone yeah. has to look at your face. I have to be like, hi, my name's Hannah. I'm so glad that you came today. What are the issues? Okay. Uh-huh. So here's what you can expect from therapy. That's my therapy voice. That's a good therapy voice. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's nice. It's nice to have it. It's like how yoga teachers have a yoga teacher voice. I used it on Jason one time on, on accident because I was a counselor for a long time. Just not like officially licensed. It, it's complicated. I was allowed to be a counselor under someone else's license and now I'm getting my own. Um, and I, he was doing something and I was like, you just need to calm down. And I started talking like this and I didn't know I was doing it. And he went, Hannah? I am not your client. Turn it off. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I'll give you some space. It seems like you might need to take a break. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so, really funny. Sometimes that turns on on accident. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I like it a lot, though. It's nice. Thank you. Should I do the whole podcast like this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit less grating than my normal voice. I don't think your normal voice is grating. Thank you. I don't think anyone quick that. quick poll. Um, if you find my normal voice grating or annoying, could you please DM me on Instagram so I can prove Aaron wrong next week? Um, I mean, I'm curious generally. Yeah. Um, don't Let say anything know. about my voice though. I don't want to know. What Aaron think. has the perfect voice for a um character in a what are they called when it's like a movie set in a time period? A time period piece? <laughs> a period piece? It's called a period piece. <laughs> set in like... The past? History. Medieval England royalty. You think that's what my voice Your, is? Well, I mean, you don't have the accent, but like if you did the accent. <laughs> there was just no like medieval America, so... Right. <laughs> that accent didn't exist yet. Hmm. Um... I... I all my British accents are poor British accents. Like, I don't have, like, a fancy... Do it right now. Uh, what should I say? Um, I'm Queen Erin. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. No, no, no. Uh, say... <laughs> Will you do it with me? Can you both do a British accent? I can't do a British accent. You... Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. I mean, also, the thing I was going to add to my week is I'm in a play right now where we have to do, um... Mississippi accents. Oh my god, do that because I've heard you do that before. Wasn't that the kind of accent oh, you used Miss in Miss Woman? Woman? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard without my lines. Well, if I was say, say one of your lines and then say the same line in your English accent. Ah, perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, this is a test. My 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 director would be like, Aaron, of course you know your lines. What's your first line? Um, my first line 
That's yeah. always hard without like the cue line to leave. Well, up to Aaron it. enters and he says, "Hey, hey, Stella," and I say, <laughs> Is "That what Aaron sounds like?" In this character, he kind of does sound like that, and I, I'm like, "Don't holler at me," and he says something like, "I gotta go," and he throws this thing across the room, and I catch it, and I say, "Stanley, where are you going?" He says, I'm going bowling. And I says, can I come watch? Um, I said, be over soon. And then I turn around and I say, hello, Eunice, how are you? And I go inside. And then, see, now I can get into it. And then I'm rushing around and I don't put the meat or the pickles in the refrigerator because I'm a bad housewife. And then <laughs> my character... Okay, could you please say, and I don't put the meat or the pickles in the refrigerator because I'm a bad housewife in an English accent. <clears throat> okay. That's your line. <clears throat> And I don't put the meat or the pickles in the refrigerator because I am a terrible, god-awful housewife. (laughs) 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 Might be the title of this episode. (laughs) Because I'm a bad housewife. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. Jason continues to, without me asking him, wash and fold my laundry, which is really cute. Um, But I like to tease him about it because I keep telling him, like, he doesn't have to do that. And he knows that if he doesn't, I won't wash any of my laundry for like a month because <laughs> I have enough underwear to last that long. Um, and so the other day I saw him doing it and I went, you know, if you were a good housewife, you'd put it in my drawers. And he started picking up the pieces he unfolded and unfolding them and tossing them. <laughs> and like just making eye contact. And I was like, okay, never mind. Sorry. You guys, you have such like a sitcom energy. Like yeah. the house is just like afternoon sitcom where like the premise is like, you have your Texas guy who found himself with by this wacky story in the Northeast, and then you have Hannah O'Connell, who's, like, from the area, went to college around here, and... Always um, told my mom that I would be marrying a cowboy, and she said, good luck finding a cowboy in New Hampshire. And you I did, did it. Mm, nailed it. <laughs> it came to you. Um, and then you adopt all these animals, and... I have two crazy stepkids. two crazy stepkids. It's perfect. You're, like... You're just, it's pure sitcom material. We used to say in college that we should have had a sitcom for our apartment. We should have. That would have been good stuff. It's not too late. I might still write a play about it. As long as I can play you. <laughs> in stage production. <laughs> but how could we do that? So many of the jokes are height jokes. <laughs> I'll walk around on my knees. <laughs> Unless we find so, a woman who's like eight feet tall. I know someone who's 6'3 and a girl. She so, could come back. She does cosplay. And she can be you mm-hmm. in the play. And then we'll just have Danielle play herself. <laughs> no, we should have Aaron put on a dress and play Danielle. I think that they'd do great. <laughs> and we never acknowledge it. <laughs> That'll be the joke. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> Danielle's a boy. And a, like this strong, tall, <laughs> this broad, bald man. I can see his hair now. I still picture him as his, as his, his yeah. bald man from college because he purposefully was bald for a long time. He shaved his head. You, he yeah, and bald, and bald. not like, but not like buzz cut. Sometimes it would be like no, he shaved like, like, like shaved, like shaved. Yeah, um, I, he has a good head shape for that and for hair. Some people can only do one or the other, you know? Like, I yeah. personally don't think I have the head shape for being bald. I've thought about it, and I've done, Ooh. um, I do this. I, like, feel my head up. To det- and I just feel like Hannah's there's... patting down her head. There's more up here than there is back here. And I think it would be like... And that wouldn't look good. Bald. 
I see what you're saying. I also think I have a somewhat flatness in the back. You have of my a head. little head all around, though. I, do I have feel a like small head. I feel like this part of my head is a lot. But don't you think a bigger head is better from here forward? For if it's symmetrical. But your head is symmetrical from the front, so why does it matter? Because then I turn sideways and it'll be like merch. I'm feeling Hannah's head now. You know, I bet you could do it if you really wanted to. I kind of want to try it, but I also don't. If you don't like the idea of having a pixie cut and years of growing it back, then don't do it. No, I think I could handle that. I think that the the immediately hating my bald head and it not growing back, like, willing it to come out. I've always... If, I just don't... Uh, you know, people are like, what superpower would you have if you could have any superpower? Yeah. Instant hair growth. Wow. Just go, and then it's down to my feet. And I'd have to make that noise. <laughs> that would be a requirement. <laughs> or flight. Or flight. <laughs> Um, wow, okay. What superpower would you have? Um, I have also traditionally answered flight, but specifically I would want to have, like, wings, though. Like, I don't just want to fly. Like, I would want to be a winged person. I would want to be, like, a penguin and fly underwater. You mean, so... (laughs) (laughs) At least I wanted to change my answer, but not make it sound like I was changing my answer. I want to breathe underwater. That's I want to explore the ocean. I can see the sky. I can't see what's down there. And then maybe I'll make friends with an anglerfish. That's beautiful. I would never want to do that. Even if I could breathe underwater, I don't want to go down there. I do love whales, though, but I'd rather fly and look down and see those shapes swimming. Marine come in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I speak well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should go a whole week without hanging out. This is too much. No, you should all... Whale voices, always. I don't think we should go so long. <laughs> Without seeing each other. What happens when you're farther away from the microphone? Does it? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that when we go. That made me really lightheaded. I don't think I can maintain that for a long period of time. Because the extreme inhale of oxygen. Because <laughs> it's just a very breathy. I have to breathe out while I talk. Imagine if you. Imagine if you. Did the whole podcast in that whale voice? I think and I talked like this. I I want you to know that I understand where you're coming from. No, <laughs> not that voice though. I can see why Jason. If I do the whole podcast, Aaron, in my whale voice, as much fun as it would be, I fucking pass out. <laughs> I um, oh my god! All right, we need to stop. It's been twenty minutes. Like we need to start. No. Yes. And this is nothing. Nothing of this has to do with the theme. I work so hard. I work so hard. Okay. Erin actually hasn't really explained what's happening. So I'm going to be as surprised as all of you. Beautiful. Speaking of whale noises. I actually don't want to use that as a second. <laughs> and another time, maybe. Okay. Well, whale noises. Something we should value and that comes from a beautiful part of the earth. I'm trying too hard. Anyway. Um... All right, folks, so some something we talked about doing a while back and that we didn't get to over the 28 days of February for 
a multitude of reasons, but that we're doing now is an acknowledgement and an episode to kind of honor Black History Month, which, as we all know, is not long enough. And the idea of acknowledging such a, you know, giant swath of American culture in 28 days is is a weird concept to begin with. Um, so, you know, any month can be Black History Month. But, well, but we don't want to take away from the fact that they do have a month and it is very important that we recognize them. All the months should be. We should learn more about it. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but we don't want to just be like, do it all the time, because that feels, that feels like we're making it less than it is. Does that make okay. sense? I see. What I just said? Yes, okay. actually, that does make sense. Which I know is not your intention. Yes, but I see what you're saying, though. Um, okay, so there's a lot of, like, avenues to go with this, but the one that I thought would be really fun excuse is me. through... You're excused. Thank you. Um, I was trying really hard to, like, push that back down. And it, I could tell. I just didn't want to... I don't know. Like, with my poop, but I didn't want to burp on the podcast. Yeah, you were, like, really concerned. Like, I thought you were having... I didn't know what was happening. You made a weird face of you because I was trying so hard. You were trying. I'm just going to start burping, guys. Sorry in advance. I'm drinking seltzer. Um... Back to the serious topic at hand. It's serious for a little bit, but then it will be fun. Like, okay. it will continue to be fun. But it has, obviously, there's always a serious note. Because um, naturally, topics of social injustices um, and kind of the difficult moments of American history, which is a large swath of it, which is slavery. Um, Just like everything from America's conception to, <laughs> to 10 years from now is difficult and stupid not sorry (laughs) not that anything important that happened historically is stupid i just think it's stupid how ignorant and bigoted and mean americans have always been throughout their history yes (laughs) had to Um, clarify no that's yeah i see what you're saying so the the avenue i chose to talk about this is through art history which is one of like my favorite subjects um what i did was I selected some, a collection of what would all be considered like modern uh, African-American visual artists and have their works of art ready to pull up. So what I thought I would do is because what's cool about what we say about how we use the term modern art in art history is that anything after I think it's like 1880 is okay. considered modern art. So, do you remember the episodes where we did psychology things and you were kind of like, I don't know anything about psychology. I'm so excited to learn. I know jack shit about art. Yes, I know. So, this is very exciting for me because I like learning and I am definitely, uh, yep. No. Don't know where I was going with that It's okay. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, my idea was is that I have the pieces of art and I'm going to bring up a piece of art. I'm going to show it to you. You're going to give a brief description of what you see. Okay. And then you're going to guess when you think the piece of art was made. Can I get like a plus or minus like within the decade? Oh, yeah. So I'm not not guessing like 1873. I can be like in the 1800s. Right, right, right. If you're going, so let's say the late 1800s. I don't think there's anything earlier than like 1870. Okay. And then to the present. Okay, to like it could have been made yesterday. Yes. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, general general is fine. Guessing the general period is fine. Um, 
I just tried to hold that one in again. Excuse me. I don't need to hold it in my You verse. don't need to hold it in. All, I don't know what's all wrong with me. All bodily functions are accepted in this space. <laughs> this is a safe space for bodies. Um, so, obviously, because of the time constraints, and because it is such a large uh, window of time, this is by no means a comprehensive list. This is just a few of my favorites, and ones that I think are interesting. Um, and oh, also I assume ones... you have, like, little blurbs about them after I... I do. Okay, cool. About cool. each artist. And sometimes it's particular to the piece. Cool. And partially, the ones I was interested in, some of them are from a, a long time ago, but influence artists that are working right now and some of them are artists that are working right now that are like looking back on styles and things from the past which is very cool um i was really excited about this idea this is something i've wanted to do for a while but then like i didn't get to do my research sufficiently um you know it's um we're only on march 2nd and i feel like this is the kind of thing that we can talk about all the time so yeah Oh, yeah. I'd like to do, uh, if if psychology and all that stuff is something that, like, you know a lot about and still like looking up, like, art history. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. I love and like to continue looking up. Even though it's not technically my major or anything, but if I... I love going to, like, art museums and pretending that I'm an art critic and describing the paintings <laughs> to myself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. When I talk in my fancy art critic voice. That's your fancy art critic voice. I'm very mean. Okay, well, don't be mean to these ones. I won't. Um, so I will say, as a little, um, what's the word? Not a caveat. warning. Oh, a caveat, I guess so. Um, some of these painters deal, they do deal with the history of African-Americans in America. They do deal with slavery. They do deal with well, civil like, rights. Like a trigger warning. Like here's a trigger here's a, warning. A yes. content warning of things that you might hear about. And if that's going to make you uncomfortable or trigger you in any way, here is your chance to stop listening or skip ahead. Right. Because um, some, of, some of the artists, part of their thing is addressing that this history includes violence. But the point that I wanted to make today is like celebrating these artists and everything they contributed um, to our culture and our visual culture, which is a lot. Uh, okay, so are you ready to, for me to pull up the first picture? Yeah, I'm super excited to be, get descriptive up in this bitch. Okay. Okay, so should I describe? You should describe. So these are silhouettes. Um, it's a it's a long painting, not or or drawing or art. Not are these paintings? Um. They are, I think they're all paintings, yes. Okay, it's, it's like... Some of them are mixed media. This might technically be considered mixed media. Okay, I feel like it's important that it's long, not tall, and not, like, it's very, it's very rectangular. It's short and long. Um, it's silhouettes, there's horses, there are people, it looks like both, I guess this is from, like, a, a Civil War kind of era, um, based on, there's flags, there's people on the horses, there's people who look like they're in uniforms, and there's people who look like they're possibly naked. Um, and they're dying and they're fighting together. Oh, and there's a baby. Yes. There's a couple of hills. Would, would I be right that this is, like, Civil War? Is that the period you're guessing? Yeah. No, that's not correct. Do you want a second guess? Is it a war? It's depicted here. Let me pull up my notes. It looks like a war. 
Um, oh, there's like a pile of dead bodies. Ooh, that's a foot for sure. So it is a uh, the piece of art. It's not as specific as that. It's referencing multiple concepts. Okay. Well, okay. Do you want me to tell you? No. Hold on. So I'm I'm guessing when it was made, not what it's depicting. Right. You're just explaining okay. what you see. So if anyone is familiar with it, they'll kind of they might know um, from what you're saying. So I I guess based on the style, I'm gonna go. I don't know, like late 1900s. I'm not good at this. No, no. I picked ones that are difficult to guess on purpose. How close am I? You can tell me now. All right. You're totally wrong. It was made in 2015. What the fuck? Yes. Um, what is it depicting? So this piece is called The Jubilant Martyrs of Obsolescence and Ruin, and it was made in 2015 by an artist named Kara Walker. Um, and surprise, it is 58 feet long. It's a mural. It is long. I was right. Yes, it's very. It's a very large mural. Um, I got one thing correct. So I have some history on the artist, but I just pulled this up because I do want to explain the piece a little more. The image is based on the Confederate memorial carving on the face of Stone Mountain, where the KKK still regularly holds rallies and has been met with resistance in recent years. That makes me so mad. I know. It's the KKK upsetting. should not be allowed to hold rallies. They shouldn't be met with resistance. They should be fucking arrested. I know. Ugh. In her own act of resistance, Walker's The Jubilant Martyrs of Obsolescence and Ruin showcases the artist's signature satire and sardonic imagery to directly address the history of oppression and injustice experienced by black Americans in the South with the persistence of racial and gender stereotypes and ongoing efforts to advance equality in America. You were right that it is referencing the Civil War and images from the Civil War. It's just there's, there's, so on the left side of it, there's one person standing on top of a, what appears to be a mound of, of severed limbs and dead bodies, and they're holding a flag that makes me think of the Confederate flag. Just so everyone knows, the whole background is cream or like a light gray, and then all of the images are black, like you said earlier. They're yeah, silhouettes. silhouettes. They're like cut paper. Yeah, so I'll read a little bit on Kara Walker. So just what I knew about her is that she had a, a big mural in the MFA in Boston that I saw when I was in high school. Oh, cool. Um, and it's similar in style to this one, except she was kind of playing off of the tale of Cinderella, but then like mixed into what looks like this like play-by-play stills of like the story of Cinderella are these kind of like violent images um and you realize she's talking about slavery but you don't realize it until you like look really closely hmm. um so she works murals like this or she um does actual cut paper silhouettes which is this very old style of like image and cartoon making um and she does a lot of other things she does uh, traditional paintings sculptures but she does this really cool thing where she's able to address these issues, but she also uses images that make us think of like folklore and folk tales and myth and beyond even just like American folk art. Like she goes back to uh, what feels like, like I said, like medieval, like Grimm's fairy tales yeah. she uses to like talk about this stuff. So the New York based artist Kara Walker is best known for her candid investigation of race, gender, sexuality, and violence 
through silhouetted figures that have appeared in numerous exhibitions worldwide. Um, she was born in Stockton, California in 1969, raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she studied at the College of Art in Atlanta, the Rhode Island School of Design, and she's a recipient of many awards. Um, is a member of the American Academy of Arts and Letters. You're, you're doing that thing where you get interested and you talk really Oh quiet. my god, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sure that it all picked up. I just, they probably are turning off their volume in their car <laughs> right now. Uh, so I wanted to let you know before you kept going. Okay. Um, she was named the Tepper Chair in Visual Arts at the Mason Gross School of the Arts at Rutgers University. So she's very highly renowned, um, still making art today, obviously. Um, but I'm particularly interested in these like murals she does that are there, like these huge pieces. Um, and you said how long is this one? This one is almost sixty feet long. Wow! So it's like it's you know to size these yeah. images. So they're um, like human sized and horse sized. Yeah. Images. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? She's very cool. Um, so just to reiterate, that's the jubilant martyrs of obsolescence and ruin. Cut paper on wall, 58 feet long. Cut paper on wall. That's crazy. It is. All right. You ready for the next one? So ready. Yep. Okay. Time for Rick and Roundup. Wow. Okay. So in this one, the background is like a red and a, like tan cream tapestry. Um, or wall, I guess, but I'm going to guess that it's a tapestry and the ground, it looks like it's cement. That's all kind of broken up. Um, and then there's a horse, a white horse rearing on its hind legs and a man on the back of the horse in camouflage and Tim like boots and a gold cape shawl. Um, and I would say that that is probably a black man. And then the paint, the picture is framed in gold. I don't know if that's part of the painting or if that's like how the picture was taken. And it looks like he's like going into battle on his horse. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it seems like like modern clothes, but like in a an old timey setting on a horse going into battle. He's got a goatee, the man. Yes. Um. Okay. I think that's my full description. So yes, now I'm guessing good. when it was painted. Yes. The 80s. So. Wait, can I guess again if that was wrong? Yeah, you can guess again. Because last time I guessed the, the same time frame and you went, mm, 2015. So I'm going to go 2021. You are close. It was made in 2005. I was wrong both times. I'm not close on either end. <laughs> well, you were in the 2000s. I mean, this 2005 artist... was almost 20 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Sorry if that upsets you. Uh, but in was... art history time, that's like practically yesterday. Well, okay, and like 1980 is like 20 years from 2005, so I was equally far on both ends. <laughs> uh, and it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah, that's right. If we take the median... The num- mean. The no, mean. the mean is the average. The median, you're right. The middle. Median means middle. I always remember median because there's a median on the highway and that's in the middle. Oh, I never thought of that. That's what my math teacher told me. She goes, you I... always remember the median is in the middle. Just like people say, don't drive into the median because it's in the middle of the highway. I remember it mean because it meant average and I felt like that was a really mean task for me to have to complete. Mm. 
That is a good way to remember. All right. Do you want to hear about this artist? Yes. All right. So his style may be familiar to you because this is the artist. Oop. I'm like, I'm 99% confident, but I was afraid I'd get this wrong. Who did the portrait of Barack Obama when he left the office. You have not seen this painting? It's Barack Obama and he has like a green, but the background is all green leaves. Oh! Have you seen that? I'm gonna, you keep telling me, I'm gonna Google it really quick. All right, so the name of the artist is Kahinde Wiley. Um, and this painting is called Napoleon Leaving the Army Over the Alps. Oil on canvas, um, 108 by 108 inches. And, um... Oh, this one? Yeah. Yeah, same guy. Or person. It, yes. He, he, him, okay. pronouns. Okay. Uh, the work presented raised questions about race, gender, and the politics of representation by portraying contemporary African-American men and women using the conventions of traditional European portraiture. The exhibition, so this was multiple pieces that did this similar thing where it kind of reclaimed this imagery from the most classic European portraits. Like this image, like, do, do, was this familiar to you at all? The horse? The, yeah, because that's the, the the short guy. Yes, Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Typically the... I, right, I right. was like, the the background of the horse seemed familiar. The guy on the horse, I was like, that feels like copied and pasted. <laughs> um, well, this was all paint. I mean, this is all paint. No, no, no. I know that he right. didn't actually copy and paste it. No, no, no. I know, it was but just I just like, think it's cool. It so. doesn't... It, and he's doing, like, the same pose that... Napoleon, right. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, Napoleon has the red cape coming up over and his shoulder. And he's got a gold cape. Yeah. I wonder if there's significance in the colors that, that... So, like, he's got a white bandana around his forehead. He's got a gold cape. He's got red wristbands on. I wonder if the colors were significant in any way. I don't know. I would have to do more research. Uh, I would suspect yes. Like, I feel like this is a very intentional artist... Um, who knows his art history really well when he's deciding uh, his compositions. Um, let's see. The exhibition includes an overview of the artist's prolific 14-year career. This is at... Um, oh, I didn't write it down. There's a particular gallery where all of this exists. His signature portraits of everyday men and women riff on specific paintings by old masters, replacing the European aristocrats depicted in those paintings with contemporary black subjects, drawing attention to the absence of African-Americans from historical and cultural narratives. Uh, right, so just to reiterate, there was Kahinde Wiley, um, Napoleon Leaning the Army Over the Alps, which I love that he kept the title, you know? And just, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so he has a lot of works like that. Obviously, the painting he did of former President Barack Obama is really beautiful if anyone hasn't seen that before um if you haven't seen it i googled barack obama green leaf painting and it came right up um because i definitely hadn't seen it before and it is really cool uh, michelle and barack obama made a point of choosing kind of up-and-coming african-american portraiture artists which makes sense which is why so they both have like these really cool beautiful portraits mm -hmm. which we should bring up Actually, let's just do it now. Do you want to look at Michelle Obama's yeah. portrait and who did it? Because I don't think that artist is on my list. And uh... Michelle Obama portrait. Oh, this one. Yeah. Have you seen? There's like a picture of a. There's like a picture of a little girl. She like has the same 
dress. Or she, it might have been like for Halloween, a girl dressed in this dress. That... Um, so the it's in the National Portrait Gallery at the Smithsonian, and it was painted by Amy Sherald. Oh, okay. She might have been on here, and then I had to... Oh, she does, like, it's the same style that, like, this is her other work. I clicked on her. Definitely. Oh, and, um... Yeah. He comes up. Look at that beautiful Kah- smile. Kahinde Wiley. Kahinde. I love that. Um, yeah, definitely look up both of those, because they're beautiful. And very unique portraits. Like, I don't think any other president has had a portrait like this done. Or a first lady, yeah. Or a first lady, right. 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 The amazing dress, the amazing, like, color choice, it's all fantastic. Yeah, both of them are very, very interesting and beautiful. All right. Are next. you ready for the next one? I really like the next one a lot. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be a lot harder to describe. I believe in you. Okay, um, so picture a circle. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> and um, in the circle are color blocks that look kind of like like a brick shape, um, yeah, like in yeah. like in a mosaic pattern. Wow, mm-hmm. this is not. If I was picturing this right now, I'd be like, Hannah, what are you saying? Okay, starting over. But if it's... people are familiar with the artist, if you say mosaics and bricks in a circle, they'll be like, oh, I know, oh, okay. who, good, I know good. who you're talking about. Um, and it's got, it looks like orange, red, blue, green, pink, a brighter green, a brighter blue, white. I didn't mean to say that word like that. White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into the art. Um, a little bit of, a little bit of purple. And, um, I... <laughs> We're just going to say 1980 again. Well, hey. <laughs> Did I get it this time? It was painted in 1969. So you're really close. Because this, this painting gives me fresh Prince of Bel-Air vibes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Can you tell me why? I feel like this design would be on a shirt that Will Smith would have worn in that character. That's so interesting. Because of the bright colors? And the pattern. Wow. Like, imagine that, like... On a shirt. I guess, yeah. Now that you're describing it that way, I'm like, oh. Like, like a, like a, a satiny button-up. Oh. You know, he wore yeah. stuff like that. Oh, my God. Wow. That's such an interesting... Huh. See, this is why I knew it would be fun. Because, like, I look at it and I know, like, exactly who she is. I, like, knew... Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? What it's supposed to be. Um, but For me, it is a pattern that Will Smith would wear in a shirt in the 90s. Interesting. And I'm sure something so much more than that. Yeah. All right. Do you want to hear? Mm-hmm. All right. So the artist is named Alma Thomas, and this is called Pansies in Washington. Okay. Like the flower? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's acrylic on canvas. It's 50 by 48 inches. Um, so Alma Thomas, and this was... It's uh, a big... 50 by 48 inches? It's not that big. The other pieces we looked at were bigger, I think. Well, the mural, of course, was. I guess it's pretty big, yeah. I'm thinking 50 inches, and I'm thinking 12 inches and a foot. And so then... it's more than a yard. But well, it's not too Well, my yards. brain hadn't gotten that far yet. Oh, okay. So it's less than six feet, but more than three. Yeah. And I am also less than six feet, <laughs> more than three. <laughs> and so this painting must be the same height that I am. It's you size. It's me the size. If you were a square and flat, <laughs> I am was both of those things in high school. Huh? Um, 
<laughs> wow. All I didn't right. hit puberty until way too late. All right. I'm going to give you some art. I'm going to give you some history. Okay, sorry. I All right, got so, too silly. I'm sorry. It was great. <laughs> Alma Thomas lived from 1891 to 1978. Her early art was realistic, though her Howard professor, James V. Herring, and Pierre Louis Ma- Malu Jones? Lois? Lois Milo Jones? Well, I don't see it. I think it's Lois. I would say Lois. Okay. Challenged uh, Thomas to experiment with abstraction. When she retired from teaching and was able to concentrate on art full time, Thomas finally developed her signature style. And her signature style is this... The brick mosaic? Like mosaic-like style. So so it is brush strokes, but she... But I, I was just like, in terms of shape, the closest shape that I can think of would be like bricks. Yes, it does. It looks like it, it looks like if you had a garden and you put yeah, bricks in Yeah, and some are narrow and some are wide, but I think that they are inherently brick-shaped. Yes. Okay. She debuted her abstract work in an <coughs> exhibition at Howard Excuse me. College. That's okay. <laughs> 1966 at the age of 75. Wow. So her first exhibition with all her own work, she was 75. Thomas's abstractions have been compared with Byzantine mosaics, the pointillist technique of George Surratt, and the paintings of the Washington Color School. Yet her work is quite distinctive, which I would agree. It's very she. Yeah. Once you've seen this and you see her other pieces, you're like, I'll be like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. Um, so I'm bad at names, so I'll text you and I'll be like, I saw the Brick Girls stuff, which is not nice. But I just I can't remember your name even if I've met you in person. So maybe say Mosaic Girl. Mosaic. Oh, well, they just look like bricks. I, I see why you say it. I, I, okay. But they're beautiful. I, but bricks, I don't mean it in a bad way. I, I mean, here's the deal. If you had, like, a house made entirely of bricks... That's stuff, what I want. That's a fancy house. I told Jason when we moved south, I'm getting, we're getting a brick house. Because they do either, like, limestone slabs or yeah. bricks down there. They don't do, like, regular wood. And I think that the limestone is ugly and the bricks are beautiful. So... I'm with you. Thomas became an important role model for women, African Americans, and older artists. Which I love. Love, you know, snaps to people who, like, discover yourself and your creativity later in life... Yeah. Um, she was the first African-American woman to have a solo exhibition at New York's Whitney Museum of American Art, which is, like, so girl. cool. And she exhibited her paintings at the White House three times. Oh, my God. Alma Thomas. Alma so, Thomas. So cool. Ooh, I don't know why I just made that And noise. she was a teacher. And I just think that's awesome. Like, she... Yeah. Just a... Did she teach art, art. do you know? Um, I think she was a school teacher, so I think it, I don't think she explicitly taught just art. Okay. Um, and you said this was, sorry, was from 1960s? 69. Oh. And she was, <laughs> so in 1969, sorry. she would have been, I'm in her, I think she would have been in her 70s if I did this right. Um, so, yeah. When was she born? If you said that, I wasn't listening. 1891. 1891? She was born in 1891. She would have been in her 80s. And she, she lived until 1978. Let's do the math real quick on my calculator. 1891, 1978. She was 87 when she died. So she would have wow. been 78 when this particular was wow. minus Isn't nine that so years. Isn't cool? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So everybody. Your brain is capable of amazing things. It's crazy. My Don't ever say... Her grandmother is 88. She could be producing art right now, and instead, she's yelling <laughs> at everybody. Oh, uh, well... And 
pulling hard candy out of her pockets. You go, Mima. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of criticizing your Mima. I was thinking of more of telling people they don't have to panic because they're 30. No, no, no. I know that you weren't. I just... <laughs> she criticizes me. I'm going to criticize her back. I also... <laughs> I'm positive she doesn't listen unless my mom showed her how to work a podcast app. Like, she doesn't know that this exists. Okay, so. that's great. We love her. We respect her. She's very grouchy these days. <laughs> Show her some art. Okay. All right. Uh, should we go to the next one? We should. We shall. We will. We... Wow. <laughs> you could have said we must. We're going to. It's no, because you said up. we should. I said we shall. So we would. We wow. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it fit. Okay. Um. Okay. Hold on. Let me think for a second. No. I exercised a couple days a week and now my butt hurts. That's good. I know, but I don't like it. Ooh, really? This is interesting. Yes. Okay, so this is very, I would say it's almost abstract. Yeah, um, I think you could say that. There are four people shapes in different colored, it looks like shorts and or dresses. Um, I would guess that they're on something sandy because it's like a, a tannish colored or dirt um, ground. The people are in like same kind of silhouette form, black um, paint with white eyes and then there's like a white dress, a red dress and then blue shorts and yellow shorts on the four different people and there's like a bluish sky in the background and what appears to be a tree branch coming across and the the people look like they're dancing, honestly. One girl looks like she's mid-cartwheel. Cartwheel. There's leaping yeah. and somebody, that, the one in the white looks like he's uncomfortable but that's just because if I did that to my body I would be uncomfortable. So, um, I would guess that this was painted in 1890. Wow. Well, that's not right. But I'm surprised that <laughs> Wait, you went back. I would like to guess 2007. No. Okay, tell me. It was painted in 1940. <laughs> Damn it. I was... Again, wow. if we took the median... I would be almost right. You just went so far in both directions. I don't know. If I get it wrong, I'm like, well, I must not be close. But that's the cool thing. Like, that's the crazy thing about these artists, though, is that, like, you look at this, and if you told me this was painted in 2021, I'd be like, yeah, wow, interesting. And but also, if you told me it was painted in 1821, I'd be like, yeah, wow, interesting. Right. But, no, it was painted in 1940 um, by Jacob Lawrence. Jacob Lawrence. And this is panel four of the Harriet Tubman series. Mm. Um, so okay, so they're they're happy and free. And I believe that's what he's expressing in the painting. Escapade. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, so Jacob Lawrence uh, was born September 7th, 1917, and lived until June of 2000. He was an American painter known for his portrayal of African-American historical subjects in contemporary life. That felt like a lot farther apart, but he was 83. I mean. That's still old. Yeah. I just, it felt like a lot farther apart. I see what you're saying. It, well, it does seem like, when you think of all the things that happened in the world between 1917. That's more than 83 years. And 2000. Yeah. Um, Lawrence referred to, he referred to his style as dynamic cubism. I can see that. 
Although, it is a very, yeah. compared to the other ones, other than the silhouette one, the first one, it is very flat. Yes. Um, which I assume was an artistic choice. Yes. Okay. Although by his own account, the primary influence was not so much French art as the shapes and colors of Harlem. Okay. Um, that anyone has heard of the Harlem Renaissance and kind of all the art, music, theater that was happening in Harlem, New York? I have. Good. <laughs> Just to me. I know about the other Renaissance, but this one I've got. The Harlem Renaissance, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh my God! See, jumping back to episode one, the uh, the so the Harlem Renaissance is playing on the idea of the European Renaissance, the rediscovery, the reclamation of culture, art, music. That's episode two. It was, was your it? First, it was your first episode, but I did the first the episode. Rena- I, thought, I really thought the Renaissance came up in episode one, but no. It probably it. did, but you talked about it in episode two, and I said, oh. please define it for me. Oh. <laughs> um, he brought the African-American experience to life using blacks and browns juxtaposed with vivid colors. Yeah, okay. That's what he did here. Just like you described. Um, I'm so good at this. So just as a reference, again, that was Jacob Lawrence, and that was the... Well, Jacob Lawrence... And that was the Harriet Tubman series. Um, you said four? Slide four? Part four? Panel four. Panel four. Um, so there's a lot you could talk about with his work because it's... Cubism is so cool. What was going on in, like, the 40s is cool. The Harlem Renaissance is cool. Uh, it's the kind of art that I look at it and I'm like... My, my initial reaction is, like, that is very simple. Um... And my, my like, biggest character flaw is I see things that I assume are simple and I go, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And then I look at it longer and I'm like, wow, that took a lot of technique. There's a lot of definitely fine brush strokes in there. And Hannah, you could never do that in your life. You can't draw a stick figure. <laughs> it's very cool. I like it. I'm glad. Next. I have to refer to my notes. Hold That's on. okay. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. But it was our wedding day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. No clouds allowed in the sky. Bruno walks in with the mischievous grin. Thunder. Oh, here we go. That was just our interlude music. Yeah, last time I sang the one about the family. <laughs> so we all keep going with this theme. Okay. Um, okay. Where do I begin? There is a lady on a bed, and you can see the headboard behind her, and her she's sitting, and her feet are tucked up, and one of her arms is, like, up and behind her, and her chemise is kind of off one, sh- one side of her body, but you cannot see her body because her skin is a map of some sort. I don't know if it's a city or if it's stars. Look closer. Is that... That's stars, isn't it? It's a map of stars. And the wall behind her is like a peachy pink color. And her bedspread is also a peachy pink color. But it's paisley. And um, then there's like... So that's like a picture. And then kind of behind that picture, there's the rest of the map of the stars. Which So it almost looks like they took the picture of the girl and they cut out her body. Other than her eyes and her hair. You can see those. And they pasted it on top of a picture of the map of the stars. Does that make sense what I said? Yes. Is that what happened? Yes. Feels like that's what happened. She's layering photography and um, th- the kind of historical image of the the astrological 
geographical image. It's like a map with stars and things. Mm-hmm. And then the image from the magazine and photography, her own photography. All right. Do you want to guess the time? 70s. No. Okay. Then 50s. No again? No. Okay, what is it? it I'm so bad at that part. Well, it was hard. Uh, so this piece was actually put together in 2021. But the picture of the lady looks like 70s. Yeah, it does. Okay, okay. The The color of the bedspread and the way that her hair is styled, I'm like, oh, that can't be modern. Are you okay? What just happened there? I, uh, I took a drink and it, my cup I'm drinking out of, I'm drinking a can of like seltzer, so it's an aluminum can and it shocked me in such a way that it felt like, you know, in the summertime when like black flies fly into your eyes, it okay. felt like there was like a teeny tiny bug that just like went into my lip and so I freaked out a little and Aaron witnessed it and I'm still touching it to make sure there's no bugs. There's no bugs because it's March and it snowed today and we live in New Hampshire you but, just had such a strange sensory experience. <laughs> I just, one of my, I don't like when bugs touch me. I don't care if they're friendly or not friendly. And this is a little bit of a tangent, but one of my biggest things is like, if a bug flies into my mouth, that gives me all kinds of uncomfortable. And, and that is, I, I mean, I am okay with bugs and I also do not want any of them flying into my mouth. Right. The, the thought of me like unconsciously accidentally eating bugs, <laughs> full panic. That whole thing, I want everybody else to know who also has this issue. People are like, you eat so many spiders in your lifetime while you're asleep. No, you don't. That's fucking a lie. And it's given me anxiety for years and it's just not true. So don't worry, you're not eating spiders while you sleep. And I thought there was a bug in my mouth. You don't have a bug in your mouth. (laughs) Everything's fine. Thank you. Do you want to know about the painting? Yes, oh, I'm so it's sorry. Collage and photography. We can go back to no, it's fine. To the art. Uh, to is, the it, art. is it a podcast episode if I don't have an anxiety attack partway through? No, but this one was so unpredictable. Like it, it had nothing to do with the topic. You just all of a sudden were making this face and touching your lips, and I was like, "What is going on?" And I wanted you to know that while all that was happening, I could not hear a single word that you said. My brain was going, "Fly, fly, fly in your mouth, fly." Um, I started some new medication, so hopefully this will get better. But I've only taken it for two days, so not yet. Yeah, you gotta give that. What, uh, do, what do they say? At least Like three months. Yeah, at least three months before you know if it's doing anything. Y'all might see me calm down a little, though. That'd be so interesting. If, like, one day to you're listen just, like, back. not panicking. I think that it'll be, uh, you know, like, when you live with someone and they grow and you don't, notice but like if you're not with someone for a long time and they grow you're like oh you're very tall uh I think it'll be like that it'll be a gradual enough thing that like we won't notice day to day but if we were to listen back we will hear the difference the brain crazy mine is so (laughs) back to art back to art anyway um so this is from a series called floating actuality by the artist Lorna Simpson okay I like your name Lorna I do, too. Uh, Collage on handmade paper, eight parts, each unframed. Eight parts. Oh, so I would guess that the dress is a part, the body is a part, the bed frame, the background. That's only four. I'm out of parts. 
There might be like she did like a series, so there are other pictures that like use the images okay. of these women. Yeah, yeah. So that might be what it's referring to. Okay. But I do think you're right that there's at least four layers going on here. The piece of art we were talking about is floating actuality. Um, it's collage and handmade paper. And it says, over the past 35 years, Lorna Simpson has been widely considered a pioneer in the field of conceptual photography. Having risen in the 1980s for her massive photographs that juxtapose staged imagery with thought-provoking text, she is a true multidisciplinary artist who seeks to challenge conventional assumptions regarding gender and identity to the relationship between memory and history. This is from Harper's Bazaar. Hmm. This is from a Harper's Bazaar interview where the writer says, I was nervous to speak with Lorna Simpson. Her work, ranging from photographic studies of herself and other subjects, overlaid with text to films, drawings, and sculptures, has shaped so much of the conversation around black womanhood, sexuality, and the body for the past three decades. Talking to Simpson felt, in my imagination, like talking to an oracle. Ooh. I thought that was very cool. And then for this particular series, she has all these kind of like maps and maps of the stars underneath the bodies of these women. Like, it's very cool. I do like that I said it could be a map of stars or the city, and you sighed and went, Hannah, look closer. <laughs> oh, I just wanted you... <laughs> You're like, come on, was... you can figure this one out. Oh, was it like that? I mean, you were technically right with the stars. I just... Uh... Nice. Very cool. Cool person. All right. You ready for the next one? So ready. Let's go. Uh Where did they go? Oh, I'm supposed to be singing. Um, He told me that the man of my dreams would be promised and someday be mine. He told me that my powers would bloom like the ripes that Oh, <laughs> I just looked up at your face. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> Describe it. Like, I'm describing um, the paintings. It was like you were singing in a child's Catholic choir. That's... <laughs> I don't know how else... If anyone has ever seen a uh, professional exactly children's what I look Catholic like now. choir on television, which, like, I have... He told me to... Yeah, oh yeah, the hands. The, oh yeah. the mouth opened very wide. The, the eyes that are sort of not focused on it. <laughs> just dead inside. <laughs> Mom made me sign up for this. I was, this is a real quick tangent again. I was watching... Um, have you, I told you about the show Disenchanted. Yes. Everybody should watch it. It's, it's funny, it's a little crude. Um, and there was this flashback to the king... Who has this very gravelly, like, I smoke all day voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a young boy and he sounds like this and he sings so well. And he takes his first puff of a cigar and then he goes out to sing and he has the gravelly voice. And someone yells, chop off his testicles. And then everyone raises scissors in the air. <laughs> and starts slicing out the air and glaring at him. That's what I think of when I think of a Catholic children's choir. That went, that, that. I couldn't have ever guessed in a million years what you were about to say. Because <laughs> I couldn't sing anymore. I, no, I understand why they were upset. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so dramatic. <laughs> okay, anyways, I get to keep my testicles. Um, and 
And this painting is, uh, it looks like a mother and a daughter. There's a dark green background and they appear to be sitting on a dark blackish couch. And the mom is dressed in black and she has a very long chest. Uh, and the daughter is dressed in white and she's holding little pink flowers. And they both have on little bonnet things. Um... And she's pulling something out of her pocket? I don't know what that could be. A secret um, letter. A secret letter. And and the mom's arm is around the daughter. You can just kind of see her fingers. And they're white. <laughs> and they have rosy cheeks. I don't know why I said white like that again. I'm sorry. Uh, and I think it was painted in 2002. Am I wrong? I get two guesses. You get two guesses. That was wrong. Okay. Um, could you tell me if I'm too early or too late? Do I need to go back or forward? Back. 1920. Farther back. 1830. Farther back still, actually. I lied about I was a little bit wrong. 1702. Okay, too far. Too okay. far. Okay, just tell me. All right, it was painted in 1809. Oh, I went really far. Yeah. I jumped again. Yeah. This is definitely not a, not a uh, median kind of guess. No, I was no. Off. We went all over the place. Okay. It's all right. I knew this one was a bit tricky, but... I wanted to show it because it, it's interesting because I do know some contemporary artists that have a sort of folk art style mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that whose art looks like this. Oh, that you were trying to trick me. I was trying to trick you. So you, I went... You've tricked me. So I went Multiple times in this podcast. <laughs> you don't get offended. I'm not mad. I'm just saying that's why I guessed the 2000s because I thought that this yeah. was... Because it looks like it's old, but I was like, this has got to be a joke. She's, it was painted yesterday. No. She's tricking me. It was a double trick. It was a reverse psychology. You maybe it's like in The Princess Bride when he's like, well, you would have poured the poison in your cup, so I'll yes. switch it with my cup. But if I did that, I'd then in my cup and, your, and he ends yep. up not dying. Yep. But I did die. So tell right. us about it. This is called The Portrait of Susanna Amos Yo and Daughter Mary Elizabeth, 1809. And it was painted by portraiture artist Joshua Johnson. Um, Joshua Johnson is often considered the first professional African-American artist. Johnson was a freed slave. This is from the source I was looking at, um, but I read elsewhere that's contested that he was ever actually a slave. Some people think he was always, he was born free. Interesting. Or for some reason was able to get this education. He achieved a remarkable degree of success as a portraitist in his lifetime by painting affluent patrons in his native Baltimore. Oh, I should say, this is from the Museum of Fine Arts, Washington County in Maryland, uh, where I got this information. So, John D. <clears throat> yes. I recently learned that that means Maryland. There's a long portion of my life where I was like, MD's a state, I don't know which one. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's like I forget about Delaware and... Um, Delaware. Forget about Delaware. I forget about Maryland. I forget about... I know that Maryland exists. I just... Only because of Hairspray. Good morning, Baltimore. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. More about Joshua Johnson, though. Uh, mm, Okay. Johnson's subjects consisted of politicians, doctors, clergymen, merchants, and sea captains. Clergymen. Oh, Joshua Johnson. I love a man in a white powdered wig. Sorry. <laughs> Joshua Johnson, portraitist of early American Baltimore. Contextual. That's the name of the exhibit. 
contextualizes Johnson both historically and culturally and explores further, further the key forms of natural symbolism represented in his paintings. And that was, like I said, that was from the Museum of Fine Arts in Maryland. Um, so yeah, I mean, I didn't get to do a deep dive into every piece, but this one, it's interesting because I think it's like deceivingly simplistic. But the dark background, the it pink almost flowers. looks like there's like a sheer thing over her neck, which oh, she's... is like hard to depict in a painting. You yeah, know what I mean, she definitely has a sheer. Also, her shawl. neck and shoulders are just one, and that's not a critique on the artist. It was a, a twist that confuses my brain because um, I want to know if she was really built like that. We could look her up some other time, <laughs> Miss it Susanna just... Amos Yo. I just achieved my stand goal. I'm fully seated. <laughs> I love this watch. It makes me feel so much better about myself. All um, right. We got to move on. But Joshua Johnson, important um, important artist in the history of African-American portraiture art. Uh, okay. Pressure, drip, 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 till you just go pop. Whoa. Pressure, that'll tick, 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 till you just can't stop. Whoa, give it to your sister. Your sister's older. See if she can... Oh, good. The picture's up. You're doing great. To that You're one. doing great. This one makes me think of, like, um... Not, like, like fancy crayons. What are the fancy crayons called? Oh, you're talking about pastels? Yes. Oil pastels. Uh, it's got texture, for sure. There's... Trees in the background. I think an interesting choice is that in between the trees, instead of sky, it's black. There's a small weed animal that could be a squirrel and could be a dog. Um, the tree bark is like a gray color, and then it's got yellow and green, like, droopy leaves. Makes me think of, like, a willow. Um, there's a red bench and a man on the bench, a black man on the bench, in a brown coat and hat, a black vest and gray slacks and shoes. And so I'd assume that this is a park bench. I'm going to say that white animal is a squirrel, but could be anything. Use your imagination. Um, that's my description. Mm -hmm. As far as time, I want to say oil pastels and texture and drawings like this. And I'm thinking really hard back to high school art because that was the last time I really took an art class. Um... Eight, no, 1920. You're actually quite close, but do you want me to give you another guess? I get... need another guess, but don't give me a hint if I'm close. The 50s. 1946. I did it! Finally! <laughs> Hell yeah, that counts. It's within 10 years, it counts. It's within five, four years, you know? Let's go. All right. So this is a painting by Horace Pippin, and it's called... Why did cat named Pippin once? Oh, this is true. It's called The Park Bench or Man on a Bench. It's oil on canvas. Mm. Um, and it's 13 Suddenly I know about art. Well, you know, over this... Oh, this is a smaller one because 13 it, inches is like a foot and 18 inches is like a foot and a half. Yes, it is a smaller one. Okay. All right. So Horace Pippin was born in Westchester, Pennsylvania in 1888. His rise to fame directly paralleled the folk art revival in the 1930s. Entirely self-taught, he painted in a non-academic, linear style that was characterized by a powerful sense of design and expressive use of color. 
But you can see, like, I think you yeah. can see that the yellow yeah, yeah, leaves, yeah. the green grass, the red bench. All the colors are very bright. Distinct, the, And yeah. the white animal, the which white... almost looks like he just didn't paint that part. Right, he just left it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or scraped it off later, I don't know. He painted a wide range of subjects from African-American genre scenes, portraits, and biblical scenes to politically charged historical paintings such as John Brown going to his hanging, 1942. He painted it in 1942. Okay. Um, I know. I mean, I, I don't want to sound totally ignorant. I know about Jim Crow. I know about hangings. I was just shocked. 1942 is not that long ago that it happened so recently, and maybe they were, but I was blissfully unaware, and I need to be more aware. That's all. Okay, continue. All right. Um, Pippin drew his imagery from such diverse sources as films, um, old prints, historical paintings, as well as from his own experiences. His modern folk art style defies classification. Yeah. This is another one I feel like if someone told me it was painted yesterday, I would believe them. Or 200 years ago. Yeah. Well, no, you wouldn't say 200 years ago. I don't know how time works, Erin. So I, I, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> All Maybe right. you wouldn't, but I would. Okay. Um, uh, just to reiterate, this was Horace Pippin, The Park Bench, 1946. How... Many are left. Right. Um, how long have we been going? I would say we can do maybe two more. Is All that right. okay? How many do I have left? Pick um, your favorite two. One. Pressure two. Line, drip, 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 tight, just go pop. Wow. Okay. All right. Circulates <laughs> ever like, yo, I don't want to fight Cerberus. Probably. But they all said do it anyways, Hercules. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I really Give like this one. Give it to your sister. Your sister's older. She, she can show that every family burden. Guys, I don't have a career in singing, so <laughs> let's make that clear. Um, wow. Where? Okay, so this feels... It's got a lot of layers. Now the layers are a little bit translucent into the layer behind it. And it's pinks and purples. And there are three people on like a raised platform pointing at a big factory or building um and then there are hands that are chained together below them which i imagine symbolizes slavery um it's two men and a woman woman i don't know how to say that word in the singular i've realized recently uh, <laughs> that are on the platform um and there's like it's mostly pink and purple and there's like some yellow and some blue and there's a big old star and I don't know what this is. It looks like... A globe. Oh, a globe! I was pointing at that and I was going to say tire iron. Oh, that, that's something you used to measure on a globe. You know, if you're like traveling a long distance, you used to chart I measure on my phone. Oh, but... Siri <laughs> tells me. It looks like maybe a lightning bolt. I don't Hold know. On, wait, don't you remember watching the cartoon Atlantis? How they... The movie? Yeah. Yeah, but mostly because I was in love with the girl in the overalls. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to anything else. <laughs> you weren't obsessed with Atlantis, the city that might exist, and then going on an adventure to find it? And No, I just okay. wanted the engineer girl to sweep me off my feet. Wow. That's really cute. So I've been gay my whole life. 
I mean, she was she was a sexy. She was sexy. Um, yeah. Also into Milo. I mean, yeah. I Those was... are my two types. A your girl and Milo Thatch. That's it. I guess if Jason had glasses and was a bit more nerdy. He would... Well, think about everybody that I've dated before Jason. They were all skinny, nerdy men. Wow. Except for Pizza Guy. We don't gotta talk about Pizza Guy. He was oh, also nerdy. Oh, I guess uh, so. He was just kind of short. And not always very nice. But we, right, can, we don't need to talk about We can discuss that later. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 no. You're good. I'm going to go 60s. Well, yeah. 60s. How close am I? Do I need to make another guess? You need to make another guess, but... Don't go extreme. Don't go extreme. 70s. Other way. 50s. Oh, you said don't go extreme. Yeah. 30s. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did see, it. I can see why you said the 70s, we though, can, first. Because of the just, colors. I said 60s first. Oh, I can see. Well, yeah, all right. I can see why we you We can said just that. cut out all my wrong guesses <laughs> and make it sound like I got it right every time. Well, no, because I, I told you in the beginning, I picked ones that are tricky. Like, the first time I saw this painting, I would not have guessed so long ago. Because I just feel like this is very um, civil rights movement is the vibe that I'm getting, and that was the 60s, and I know that. You are, okay, you're right. Um, so I was like, this must have been made as, like, uh, pol- like material to promote things. It, it feels like a poster, like a poster you would hang and be like, oh, stand up for, for what you believe in. <laughs> Sorry, VeggieTales came out. <laughs> <laughs> not not VeggieTales. No, but there's, there's, um, the, there's, there's a song in those other words, in VeggieTales. I believe you. But I see where you say that now. It does have it does have graphic design poster vibes. Um, and I'll just say hope at the bottom, like yeah. the pictures when Obama was first president. Yeah, which I was gonna bring that artist in, and I forgot to do that. That's okay. Next time. Um. Anyways, tell me about it. All right. So this is by an artist named Aaron Douglas. This painting was created for the Texas Centennial of nineteen thirty six. It's titled Aspiration. Is it A-A-Ron or Aaron? A-A-Ron. Okay, thank you. A-A-Ron Douglas. We now call him Aaron, but I wanted to clarify. Yeah. Uh, So, Aspiration conveys Aaron Douglas's perception of a link between African, Egyptian, and African-American cultures. He depicts a historical projection from slavery to freedom and a geographical projection from the agrarian slave or sharecropper labor of the South to the industrial labor of the North. The shackled arms of slaves rising from wave-like curves evoke the transatlantic passage, and the five-pointed star symbolizes Texas, the Lone Star State, but also recall the North Star that guided escaped slaves to freedom before the Civil War. Texas. So. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's just like a lot of cool... I think what I like about it is that it makes it seem like the star is glowing. Yeah. But he would have had to have marked out all these separate sections where the colors supposedly crisscross and, like, mixed the color he knew would make it look like that and, like, fill it in. Yeah, it, it is a very layered um, piece. And I think the star looks like it's at the forefront and then everything is kind of behind it. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh. the way that it... It looks like it's in front of her. Maybe it, it could go either way, I suppose. But it looks to me like we're looking through the star at the people because of the shading. Okay. Yeah. I really like it. 
I love the colors. I love the layering. I love the use of symbols. Yeah. It's very... I'm mad that I couldn't identify the globe, but... Dramatic. Here we are. Honestly, I was excited about it, and I didn't give you a chance. I wanted to talk about the globe. I went, what is it? And you went, a globe! Because <laughs> I was like, it's so cool. Like, it's, the like, world! Because they're like, you know, they're like charting a path. Like, oh, like, I do see his little things yeah, now, too. See, see? I thought that was a strap, and this was like a lunchbox. <laughs> like, a, like a canteen. <laughs> no. No. I didn't see the stand. I just saw the circle. Look it up. You'll, you guys will get it. You'll be All like, right. Hannah's right. No. Uh, okay. One more? Yeah, one more. So just to reiterate, that's Aaron Douglas, and the painting is Aspiration. It's really beautiful. All so right. cool. Last one coming up. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno, but oh, I already sang this one. He told me my fish would die the next day, dead. <laughs> he told me I'd grow a gut, and just like he said. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yes. This um is two pictures kind of next to each other, and on the left side we have a gray and white background with blue writing kind of across it. And then in front of that, there is um, a mother and a daughter in very bright, like, pop art colors. Like, their skin is blue and pink, and their dresses are green and orange, and they have, like, a maroonish hair. Um, and some of the words say, don't you know, I love you, place no one above you. Do you oh, it must be a song. Dear Mama, I appreciate you. I gotta thank you. I gotta thank the... I don't know. There's people in front of the words. But um, then on the right side, it is a very bright pink and red background with like like florals or leaves. And the people, again, in front, it looks like a couple, a man and a lady, very pop arty. Um, the guy's skin is red and blue and the girl's is blue and purple. They're in like pink and green, super patterned clothing. Um, I would say that type of dress is, I don't know, 19, what'd you say? 40s? 30s? Old. Style? Yeah. 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 Old. It has 40s vibes. Um, that's my description. And nobody is smiling. Oh, you don't think she's kind of smiling a little bit? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. I do not. So this was made in 2018. 2019. Shut up! Yeah. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> Did it! Alright, are you ready for yeah. me to tell you something absolutely wild? Always. These are quilts. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Look closely, you can tell. Oh, you can see the lines. The amount of sewing and cutting. Oh no. Isn't that amazing? Whoever, uh, I don't know how many hours this took. Cause really, I think it would be a frightening amount. But well, absolutely. But holy shit! Well, I wonder too if that's like a patterned fabric that, like, I was picturing. Oh, it that. As like, oh, yes. So I think this this section that is the is, mother's shirt, like this is a piece of fabric. All this yeah. that has this pattern on it. Just like, like the background is a pattern. And yeah, then, but that's crazy. That's a quilt. But then this, to get all the shading of the skin colors, 
Like, mm. how? Those are all separate pieces. <gasps> no. Like, the faces, all, those are all separate. But this, her jacket, It's right? a pattern. Oh, I just was very close to the mic. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so... And the curse of writing has to be stitches, embroidery. I actually don't know. That might actually be written on. I am very impressed, and I want to know more right now. All right. So this is a contemporary artist named Bisa Butler. Um, it's shown, these pieces are shown together, but the left side is called Dear Mama, and the right side is called Broom Jumpers. Um, so born Melissa Yamba Butler in 1973. Uh, Bisa Butler is an American fiber artist who has created a new genre of quilting that has transformed the medium. Although quilting has long been considered a craft, her interdisciplinary methods, which create quilts that look like paintings, have catapulted quilting into the field of fine art. She is known for her vibrant quilted portraits celebrating black life, portraying both everyday people and notable historical figures. So some of the things like are taken from photographs. Mm-hmm. Um, like this broom jumpers. And then she kind of recreates it. Interesting. As a quilt. That's so cool. Isn't that just totally insane? You guys gotta what was it called again? Because you gotta look it up. So if you if you look up Bisa Butler, um a lot of her work will come up and look like this, but these particular pieces are called Dear Mama and Broom Jumpers. Because this isn't like I need to see them in person to understand how it is a quilt and not a painting. I know. It's insane. Wow. So, yeah, save the best for last. I mean, not best. Well, I, I was most, like, craft-wise impressed by these. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's, um. you know... African artists, just a small selection, not a comprehensive collection, like Aaron said. Um, very wow. Hannah knows nothing about art or time. <laughs> is what we've learned in the first nine episodes of our podcast. Uh, time is difficult. Time is a challenge. Time isn't real. I mean, it might not be, but I need it. To get around. I don't know. I. <sighs> wow. We learned a lot. We laughed a lot. We did laugh we, a lot. We spoke a lot. Many voices were used. Um, yeah. And so I think that's our episode this week. Yeah. I think that's our episode. I hope you learned something. Um, Drink your water. Take your vitamins. Have a nap. Have a nap. Brush your teeth. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you brushed your teeth? Go do that right now. Stop yes. what you're doing. Go to the bathroom. Brush your damn teeth. Do you wet your... Floss. Well, I hate floss. No, you should floss. <laughs> you should floss. Do you wet your toothbrush before you put on toothpaste or after? After. Mm, that's wrong, so... What? <laughs> you put... I get a wet toothpaste brush, I put the toothpaste on, I put it in my mouth. I put the toothpaste on a splash of water and then I just... Well, if I, if I wet it the way that I want to wet it after the toothpaste is on, I'll just wash the toothpaste off. I need a very moist toothbrush. <laughs> it's got foam that paste right up in my mouth. 
<laughs> on that note. Uh, Have a, a great day. Or night. Or weekend. Or week. Month, year, life. We're gonna end this. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. We're out. We're out. Goodbye.